This is crazy. This is absolutely insane. Such at a loss for words. I mean, I'll find them, don't worry. Do I like playing against adversity? Man, I just like playing, period. I'm just I'm shocked and I'm so proud of our guys, man. Unbelievable. Putting the crest on every single time means something to me. Hey, U.S. Soccer fans, it's Jordan Angeli here bringing you a bonus episode of the U.S. Soccer Podcast. During the Bend the Curve stay-at-home campaign, U.S. Soccer Classics has been replaying some of its most memorable national team and U.S. Open Cup matches. For this one, we took it back all the way to May 1997 and the U.S. Women's National Team friendly against England. Back before the 1999 World Cup and that celebration by Brandi Chastain. Yeah, yeah, you know the one. We're lucky enough to hear from Brandi herself before this match, along with her fellow 99ers, Mia Hamm and Julie Foudy. There are a ton of laughs with these three, but they also get into some really moving conversation about how the game brings people together and the power of sports to lift us all up in tough times. We hope you all enjoy it and take some inspiration from it today. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to the legends. What's happening, party people? What's up, Jules? Hey, Julie. Hello. I'm Julie Foudy. That is Mia Hamm and Brandi Chastain. So nice to get a chance to chat with you all. Yeah, it's kind of nice to talk to you too. (laughs) How are you two? How are you holding up? Doing lots of crosswords. Of course she is. Writing a lot of poetry in French. (laughs) Doing Duolingo, learning. Hola, Brandi, but only for (laughs) Brandi. Uh, I'm missing all of you. I know. Same. Missing all of you. We need to do. We need to do more Zoom chats. We've got yes, another one coming up. Actually, I'm going to send you an email on. Cool. Can we make them themed? Just costumes, prizes. Yeah. yeah, just to make them exciting. Yes. Oh no. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Why not? Um, and welcome to all of you who are watching. And I hope, and I know I speak for Mia and Brandy as well, that we hope that you're doing well, staying safe, staying home, staying sane, which is equally difficult um, given the crazy times. But what is really cool is U.S. soccer, knowing we needed some distractions, kindly came to the rescue. Uh, and they are going to be airing the USA. That was our team back, way back, 1997 versus England from Brandy's hometown, San Jose. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. You know, on ussoccer.com, it's on US Soccer's YouTube channel, it's on its Facebook channel, it's everywhere. Twitter. Yeah, so we're going all the way back. Do it. To 1997, May, what is it? 9th? What's the date? I don't know. Doesn't matter. It's May 1997. Brandy, because we used to do this with the camera. Can you set the scene, please? It's a lovely day in spring in San Jose, California, and the U.S. Women's National Team is going to be playing in California for the, what time, Julie? How many times did we play in California? This is crazy, honestly. We just learned this only the second time in California. It was the first time ever at Spartan Stadium and in San Jose, and it drew the biggest crowd, 17,350. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And That's it, a you know, crowd for that time. 
pre-99. Yes, pre-99. And it was amazing. That was my hometown stadium where I watched the San Jose earthquakes of the old North American Soccer League and where I learned to, I mean, I was section 11, row nine, seat three. Like that was me. I never got out of my seat. I watched like my eyes bugging out of my head. I loved it. On that field, uh, one summer I went to Santa Clara University, San Jose Earthquakes soccer camp. And it was like 300 boys and five girls at an overnight soccer camp. And wow. we got to play at halftime. And they had four goals on the field. And I, I scored a goal and the crowd cheered. And I thought, oh my gosh, that is the most amazing thing I've ever <laughs> felt. So it's where I grew up learning and loving soccer. And so for me, it was an amazing chance to play in front of my family and front of my hometown. But also for me, it's like really the place where soccer was born. When you found out the game was there, do you remember what that emotion was? Jules, uh, hello, you know how old I am? I don't know if I can remember that. But I do remember. Um, <laughs> You're like, I can't remember yesterday. Well, then yeah, yesterday I might have a chance at 1997, maybe not. But uh, from the looks of it and all the, the faces that obviously that everybody's going to see when they watch the game, you know, it was just a really happy time. I remember just how exciting. I mean, it was post-96 um, Olympics. So yeah. It was a very exciting it was a victory time. Victory tour game, actually. While we were playing that in May of 1997, still not sure. Probably because we couldn't get 10 games in. Um, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I think it, I think I heard JP say it was a, a victory tour game. Yeah. I thought maybe some of those uh, frames on your couch behind you might have pulled back some of those memories, but because yeah. it seems you have quite a few, I'm just noticing even without my glasses. But <laughs> what yeah, is going I'm, on back there? By the I am way? going, I'm redoing every, you know, like when stuff starts happening, you know, we get some, let's see, what do I have? <laughs> oh my God. Empowered women, empowered women. Yay. Nice. Um, my grandmother, my mom's mom. Yeah. See some Olympic rings back there too. I think this, that is from someone's wedding. Mia, it could have been yours. Or you in the, hot, in the hot red dress? Yeah. And then yeah, the girls. Aww. Look at Aww. that. Aww. The oldies but goodies. Aww. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, yeah. So very nice. Yeah. Um, I want to throw, throw a shout out to my my youth girls team because I told them to watch this game. California I've got Star. a oh. Uh, oh, you pencil got sharpener. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a printer. <laughs> awesome. Really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, come on, pull out your ukulele. I'm going to, yeah. Come on, Mia. Strong. It's going to be somebody, it's gonna be somebody's birthday out there. Can you play it? It's going to oh. be some, it's got to be, it's my uncle's birthday. <laughs> Let's go. Let's see it. This is your first song. No, I can't. I can't. I can't. Can you do it live on YouTube. I have stage fright. Oh, man. That's real. Tish <laughs> <laughs> and I are starting a band. Yeah. What, what's the name of your band? This is, they're going to be called Quarantine uh, Hobbies. <laughs> the Quarantinis. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Mia, what do you, what do you remember? from this game because I'm just gonna say 
I'm just going to foreshadow this a little bit. If people okay. don't recall what happened in this game, if I had a game like that, I'd be able to recall every single detail. No, I, I get asked a lot, like, what's your favorite goal you've ever scored? And it's actually this game. It's not a goal, but the, but the series of goals. Because for me, as, as a forward, you're always trying to become a finisher, a goal scorer, as opposed to someone who just hits the ball as hard as they can. And the thing about those three goals for me were they were all different. And, um, you know, one was a free kick that was driven. Another one was a bending ball. And then the other one was, um, I just had a freaking dribble, dude. That's what it was called. (laughs) It was a fast break with Tiffany Milbritt. So I was just trying to keep up with her. Um, but I think for me that, that just gave me so much confidence in terms of where I wanted to be as a finisher for our team that. I was starting to accrue the skill sets to be able to call myself that rather than just trying to hit the ball as hard as I could every time. Yeah. Or just be lethal from one yard out like me. Yeah. I was going to say Jules, pretty impressive. Very impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Don't give it away though. Don't give it away. Don't give it away. But I, I love it. Like when Jules scores, it's like this element of surprise on this look of surprise on her face. Like, oh my God. It's pure joy. I look up to the sky. Oh, you almost made me have water come out of my nose. Oh my no, God. those three goals, to your point, the, the first one, you had to have been, I, I mean, it felt like 300 yards out, but you were yeah. a good 30 yards out and then, and, and driven. And then the second one that just whipped in through yeah. traffic, bent in. And then the third one where you just sliced and dice, it's like cut, and then I'll cut you again. And then all three of you trying to, to put pressure on me, I'm just going to lift it to the top corner. You, you know, what's interesting is, um, so Hope Powell, who used to be the head coach of England, mm-hmm. was on the field. Yep. And I was telling her, I played against her, and she's like, no, I don't remember. And I was like, hmm. I remember. <laughs> you don't remember. Hey, if you don't want to forget. Yeah. Yeah. She she definitely that was like survival. That was Darwinism at its finest. She's like erase from my memory that. Yeah, but I but I had gone on this stretch of those free kicks where I hit like four or five in of them in a game and scored. Um, I remember one against Norway, one against Australia. <clears throat> and I don't know what it was. Maybe I just wasn't thinking, but I was just hitting them so pure. I think it there was a span where Michelle was out. So I started taking some of those long range um, free kicks. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, I just got into this groove where I was just striking them so well that I just kind of were, try not to think about it, just hold on and let it happen. I remember too, that groove of you and Millie and Mac just like running through teams. I mean, they couldn't keep up with the pace of you guys. And that was a perfect example of that, that goal, that third one. I mean, I mean, you know, the, the first goal that Mac scores in this game, um, people talk about like different players you've played with. Uh, first of all, you try to tell players about keeping everything short through and compact and that, her, her first goal is just like that. It's, it's really short to the ball. 
It's a compact follow through and that's what keeps it so low, but she probably hit the heaviest ball I have ever witnessed. Mm -hmm. We're talking and Shannon McMillan. Yes. Crop who doesn't know <laughs> I want to say that that goal was an all WCC affair, me to Millie to Mac. And Millie and Mac had a great connection because they played college soccer together. Yeah. So was, yeah, but that was awesome. it's just the run was great. She kept it wide and um, created the angle for Millie to, yeah. to serve that ball into. And then just the finish was clinical. Um, I mean, the goalkeeper didn't even have a chance to get her feet set. Mm -hmm. It was already past her. It was classic Mac too, right? Yeah. Like th that was, I, I just feel like when I watched that today, I was like, oh my gosh, I saw her score so many of those for, you know, with us professionally with San Diego and then with the national team, of course. And, and like you said- And in training. I mean, and then you would yeah. always hear that cackle. Um, <laughs> Oh, she's gonna like that. She's gonna watch today. I talked to her earlier. Yeah, after she'd do it, you'd oh, you just did? hear this cackle and be like, seriously. <laughs> um, but you, I mean, all the times I'd watch her and I'd try to hit side volleys or, or half volleys, I can never hit them as pure as she, she did. Yeah, I know. Ah, oh, so good. Um, <clears throat> and then there was a fifth goal that was just <laughs> I mean, in the 81st minute, it was... I think it ripped the net off. <laughs> I said to Shannon, thank goodness you put it exactly where you did, because I'm not so sure from farther out I would have in. <laughs> one yard. That's my, that's my... You are lethal from one yard. That's really my, my best range. Yeah, it's very uh, and literally, like, no one marking me. And Amy Allman, who was calling the game, Amy Griffin, we didn't even bring that up. It wasn't like, good God, Julie, if you had missed that, whoa. It was, oh, what a nice run by Julie. <laughs> Not that she was completely unmarked and wide open, and she better finish that. <laughs> oh, good It's just a sophisticated run, Jules. So sophisticated. Brandy, you made a run in this extended highlight, too, at the end, sister. 90th minute, I'm sure, that was, you were cutting, streaking down the left side. Cut a couple players. Get to the end that. line. Yeah. Find Cindy Parlo on a platter. You're going to have to remind her of this. And then... <laughs> hey, scoring goals is hard. It's not easy to be Mia Hamm. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. I mean, that was, I felt pretty good about that. I would have liked the assist, but you know, oh well. CP did a good job of getting the box. Oh, that was nice. Um, I, I, the thing that, you know, I had a, a couple takeaways, like the crowd, one, pre-1999, we're trying to convince U.S. soccer that this is a marketable venture as we had been arguing for 10 years, right? Like, let's go on this. But that was really a turning point, I think for us as well, because it was a great crowd. It was a great game. It was the first time, I believe we were on ESPN. Is that yeah, right? I think it correct. was, right? That's uh, right. As you mentioned earlier, over 17,000 Brandy in attendance in your hometown. I mean, probably 15,000 of them were Chastain family members or friends. I don't know. Yes, of course. Yeah. Friends of Brandy. Lark and Roger, your parents were in the audience then, right? Yeah, my brother, my parents. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good times. What were some of your takeaways as well when you watched it? What were the emotions of watching 23 years later? God. God, that eyebrows changed. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> 
And why did we have on like such big yeah. uniforms? I don't get it. Like yeah. not one of us said that doesn't look, that's not good. That's <laughs> not good. That white is not a good look on me. It's just too big. We wore it way too big. Why did that happen? <clears throat> that was one takeaway. That was the style. I know, but it was like, so like, it felt so like, by looking at it, it just looks so like cumbersome. Like it was, do you remember being heavy? Like a little heavy and shorts were a little heavy. I don't know. Imagine how fast we could have been. Imagine how fast. <laughs> um, you know what I remember that? I, I think after watching the highlights again, it's just this overall joy. Every time someone scored, the everybody came together and just the smiles and the high fives and um, I just, I just thought that was always so great how excited we would get for one another, you know, whether yeah. we scored or somebody else scored, it just, mm. it was just always so fun. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love seeing Tony and, uh, yeah, you know, when they kind of panned to him on the bench and, oh, wait, well, how about when Jules scored and then they panned to him, he's like, oh God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, to the contrary, thought that was the most excited he had been all game. Well, I mean, mean, what I mean is like his smile was like, yeah, you better have scored it, but that was really great, Jules. Go, Jules. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to live with this. That's more of what. Yeah, exactly. That's right. No, but I, I think just the joy on his face and, and there, there was so much great momentum kind of, uh, you know, we just came off the Olympics, but then there's that span of, you know, two and a half years where we don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, seeing how enthusiastic we all were to kind of be out there and some of the things, you know, the level of play on the field. And um, I think really kind of, I don't know, you know, Tony was someone who was always teaching and um, to see him just really kind of take a deep breath and enjoy it was was fun to kind of look back on. Mm -hmm. And that is the time period because it's always that, you know, World Cup Olympics three year gap, which was <clears throat> always our challenge, as you were saying, is to create some momentum outside of a World Cup or Olympic year. And again, we were hosting 99 and we didn't know yet how people would respond to that, right? Because we were going into big stadiums. We were going nationally against so many people's advice who said, you should keep it regional. You should keep it small. You should keep it on the East Coast. Keep it in five, 10,000 seat stadiums. Play it safe. You know people will come. And that was another reaffirmation of all the things we believed, right? That people would come, that there would be a showing, that if we just built some and invested in the market, that they would show up, which is, um, and I'm not sure if we were cognizant of that at the time, but I, I want to believe we probably were. I just don't remember, right? Going yeah. towards 99 and what that would mean for 99. I think, no, I think there was great, if, if I can recall this correctly, you know, since the Olympic games weren't live, like our, none of our games were live. And I think what, how many live seconds did we get? Like 60 seconds towards the end of the game. Right. Yeah. Um, right. That's true. Yeah. That's a great point from, yeah. from NBC in, in 96. 
Yeah, so I think this, this opportunity was great for television too, because it did showcase a big, to a bigger audience than had seen us win the Olympics for the first time. So, you know, the fact that we had 17,000 something in the stands, I think showed the audience at home, well, that's a real, that looks like a really fun thing to go and be a part of. Right. You know, and, and I think that was definitely, like you said, foreshadowing for 99 and that there was something happening and the fans could, could feel it and they could see it. I, I still remember when we showed up at the 2000 Olympics. Do you remember Dick Ebersol? Yes. And, and they just sparked that memory with you talking about NBC only showing. I mean, we were still getting that crowd with him only showing a couple minutes of the final. And he pulled us into his office. I remember. Was it you, me, and was it the three of us? I know I was there for sure. Yeah. Rules and Mia, I think. Yeah. yeah. Late night. Wasn't it late night? When and, late. Yeah. I, I, and he wanted to talk to us. Dick Ebersol ran the Olympics for NBC for many years there's a great mind in television, a giant in television. And I thought that meant so much to us. He pulled us in and said, I want to apologize to you guys because the greatest mistake we made was not showing that game in 1996. And we won't make that mistake again. Wow. Yeah, that was awesome. That's awesome. I, I know um, <clears throat> just watching the, the game, one of the things that, were we all wearing armbands in that game? Yeah. So I, because it was May 97, um, so today is actually the 23rd um, anniversary of my brother passing. And so I think you guys were still wearing, we were still wearing the armbands um, for my brother. Cause I, cause I was sitting there going, wait, was, are those the same armbands that we were wearing? And it was, and so, um, oh, <clears throat> I just uh, want to say thanks again for all you guys doing that for me and my family and um, supporting us throughout all of that. I remember um, him passing three weeks prior to that game and I, you know, being with my family was so important, but obviously being with you guys, uh, just being able to kind of get lost in the game and um, kind of find comfort in knowing that I was able to play and, and, and stay physically active when he wasn't able to. So mm. just that, that glimpse of those armbands made me think about, and then the fact that we're talking about it today um, is just, uh, wow. And then we're re-airing that game today. That's. Yeah. Wow. And my family will be watching. My sisters were the ones saying, hey, did you know about this? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to talk about it in a <laughs> couple hours. So. Um, oh, my gosh, Meech. And then for you to have the game that you had three weeks later. Oh, my gosh. That's well, I, I think you you just realize, I mean, you know, B, you can talk on this in terms of loss in your life and and how this team and this game kind of um, helps you heal in ways that you never thought imaginable. And so I, I think for me, it was just a really great way to kind of, um, you know, as, as Colleen talked about hunt joy, just find, find the joy in, in what I'm able to do and the people I'm, you know, my teammates and friends that I'm able to do that with. And so uh, just being able to kind of step aside from that and grieve in a way that was 
was uh, more therapeutic for me, I think was, was important to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. Our team was always really good at hunting joy and finding joy <laughs> and spraying it around. I mean, the amazing thing too is, is to this day that, you know, that we're, we're all still so tight in that sense, right? And that, um, as I always say to you guys, you're stuck with me for life, but that we're still able to connect in so many different ways. And even if we haven't seen each other, it's seamless, right? This can a lot, Fowdy, so a little of you goes a long way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you in small doses, right? <laughs> that's what you're thinking. But I just, I mean, like, that's the thing I always tell my kids and when I talk to teams. And I know right now when teams are struggling or seniors are struggling because they're they've missed out on a season or they're missing out on walking through graduation, whether it's high school or college, you know, the thing I always say is, you know, you may not have that moment, but you have these friends for the rest of your lives. Right. And they really, I mean, that's, that's been one of the gifts of my life is having you all still present in my kids' lives. I mean, Izzy just popped on to say hi before we started this Dex is going to be mad because he's upstairs and he didn't get to say hi. So, um, I love you. Yeah. I love you too. And I, I think, sorry, B, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like, like when Mia was talking about her brother, and you know, when I lost my mom, I was with the team, and I couldn't imagine being anywhere else. I love my, I love my brother, and I love my husband, but you know, you were my sisters, and I, I can't imagine that having been any other way. And I was exactly where I was supposed to be, and my mom. I think she would have been happy to know that. And so I think there is this long lasting, it's, it, you know, we, we play the, the games in the moments, right? You know, we, yeah. we, those are, those are amazing moments that we've had in our life, but I think it's the, the lasting legacy of our friendship. I think that's really what has made all those moments in that people get to see in the games so special. And even though you give me a, rash of crap all the time I, I'm gonna take it from you every time no I would but I, do that I, I think it's those times um, you know when we look at games like this you know World Cup in 99 Olympic gold medals um, that's just that's the happy ending of all the hard work and I think we we valued kind of that struggle kind of the, the discomfort that happened every single day is learning how to embrace it. Mm -hmm. um, and because you know at the end that there's this feeling and this sense of you earn to be that, you know, you earn to stand on the top step mm -hmm. of the podium because of what you invested into it. And it wasn't just one player, it was all of us together. And we all needed each other more so at certain times than others, you know, there were, there were days where I was really struggling in one aspect and you guys were kind of there to pick me up and drag me across the finish line and vice versa. And so I think that, that sense of, of knowing that no matter how vulnerable you were, you were at times that we kind of stayed together and, um, just makes all the victories and um, 
the great times even that much better because of, of what we were able to kind of do together. Yeah, it really is the gift that keeps on giving because when people want you to pick a, a moment or a highlight or, you know, an Olympics or a World Cup you want, and, and I never go to that. I mean, the first thing that always comes to mind, the memory or the thing I miss the most or the highlight is us just laughing or us being together. I mean, and it's the hardest thing and was the hardest transition, honestly. It wasn't missing the game. It was missing all of you and the craziness that that came with that. So, um, and it's a good reminder to, to young kids. I love when they hear us talk this way in a sense of like, <clears throat> there's so much you get out of sport physically, but so much you're gonna get emotionally and mentally and psychologically from that, that base of friends that will stay with you forever. I, I was, did you watch the Emily Sonnet, Rose Lavelle and Sam Ewis video before yeah. the Australia USA game? No. I think I'm happy that they seem to be having these kind of friendships too. And they laugh and they're telling stories and, you know, just like who did this and who did that. And just, you know, being, I think it's that, that carefree joy and friendship like we had. And I'm happy to see that. But I got to ask you a question that they asked uh, on that. And um, if you don't say me, then I know why you're wrong. So if you had to be stuck in quarantine with anybody, Julie, from our team, who would it be? Oh, really? That's a good one. <laughs> now, I'm going to let you think on that. And the reason why I said you would you would say me is because I was... I'm going to say, I'm going to give myself props on this. I was very good at collecting all the snacks in the house before. No, I was going to say, you cooked a lot. We had, you lots, cooked a lot. We, had, we had lots of snacks and I had always had the food with me. And you're always like, why are you doing that? And I said, you're going to come back to me when you're hungry, which would be like in 15 minutes. And then sure enough, you'd come back. But Mia had the best wine. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> it will be Mia then. That's, that's hard. Food it's or you. wine? Food or wine? As long as I don't have to do like a thousand sit-ups a day, Brandy. Star <laughs> <laughs> jump. Come on. <laughs> Let's go, people. That's Brandy. <laughs> oh, All right. Put your jerseys on. Let's go. Are it's you serious? Time. We're out of time. It's time for the game. Oh, no. On my clock. You got your jersey? I didn't warn you. I didn't warn you. Oh, look, Randy's. I just have my uh, <laughs> pencil sharpener. <laughs> oh, pencil sharpener. Party people. Oh, oh no. wait, what? Is that the real sports bra? That's it, baby. Oh, my God. I thought it was in a museum. It's on your couch. No, it's not on my couch. It's on my wall. <laughs> Randy, just get naked. It's the same well, thing. Look. It's game time. It's been too many years, my friend. Thanks for tuning in to a bonus episode of the U.S. Soccer Podcast. On behalf of my co-host, Charlie Davies, this is Jordan Angeli saying see you again soon for more episodes and bonus content. Until then, listen, download, share, and subscribe to the U.S. Soccer Podcast. Play on.